And so we're glad that you've come tonight, all of you that are watching online. I mean, you're troopers, you know, it's cold out. You could have stayed home by the fire, but you're too fired up to do that. You're you're full of the Holy Ghost and fire, right? That's a good thing. Amen. Got to keep the fires burning. Amen. Got to rekindle those flames. Rekindle the ember. Fan the flame. The gracious gift of God. He's there on the inside. But how many of you know we got to pay attention to Him? Amen. And just keep fanning that flame. One way that I know to fan the flame is just pray much in the Holy Ghost. Pray much in the Spirit. As you pray in the Spirit, thank God it opens up the door for manifestations of the Spirit. As a matter of fact, the fuller you are of the Spirit, the easier it will be for you to be led by the Spirit. And the easier it will be for you to walk in the Spirit and enjoy the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. So tonight we're going to do session four in our AFCM Bible Training Center. And our class is on led by the Spirit of God. So Father, thank you for this group that are here tonight. Thank you for all the students that are joined together watching from all over the world. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. And I thank you, Father, for giving utterance tonight and making clear the word of the Lord in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. So our key scriptures are in Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16, for it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Daddy. Verse 16 says, For the Spirit itself, I like to say it this way, For the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And I said it just a moment ago, but I'll say it again. The fuller you are of the Spirit, the easier it will be for you to be led by the Spirit. There is not any more important message in the body of Christ today, I believe, than how to be led by the Holy Ghost. Kenneth E. Hagin said this, The man or woman who shuts away their spirit cripples themselves in life and becomes an easy prey to selfish and designing people. But the individual, that's you and me, the individuals who will learn to be led by the Spirit of God will rise to the top in life. Rising to the top in life. Well, we're already the head and not the tail. We're already above and not beneath. And the Holy Spirit and the Word of God helps that to become a reality in our life. Amen? Amen. And so again, one way that you can be filled with the Spirit is by waiting on the Lord and by praying in the Spirit. How many of you have ever done some singing in the Spirit? I've caught myself recently again singing in the Spirit. And certain things coming out of my spirit, certain psalms and different things. It's a wonderful experience to be able to fellowship with the Lord. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also, but I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. 
And you'll find beautiful experiences as you practice the presence of God by praying and worshiping God in the Spirit. Out of your inner man is going to flow wonderful things. Amen? I want to encourage you students and encourage you here tonight. Refuse to make major decisions on empty. Or when you're a quarter full or even half full. Don't allow your flesh or fear or your head or people's opinions or opportunities to lead you. The Bible does not say for as many as are led by our relatives. It does not say for as many as are led by money or opportunities. And another area we need to watch out for is being led by fear. Fear and faith are opposite forces. If we're going to be led by the Spirit, we must make sure that we're not being led by anxiety and fear in any way, fashion, or form. And so I want to encourage you, don't let pressure people pressure you into things that don't line up with, you, with what you have on the inside of you. Amen. So be filled and be led, full of the Word and full of the Spirit. Here's what happens when you're full of the Word and full of the Spirit. Revelation will come to you as you're full. The Spirit of knowing and the Spirit of seeing will become a reality in your life. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you'll start to see some things you've never seen before in the Word of God. Amen. And not only that, but you'll start to see some things and know some things about your own life and your own ministry. Questions that you've maybe had for years and years become clear as you fellowship with the Lord and you're filled with the fullness of God and the spirit of seeing and the spirit of knowing becomes a reality. Amen? Amen. So what we need to do is make sure that we hit the saturation point at all times as much as we can. It's a full-time job staying full of God. Have you discovered that? Why? Because there's a lot of distractions. There are a lot of things that want to pull us away from our place in Him, from our place in the presence of God. But the more consistent you are, and the more diligent you are, and the more you press beyond the distractions of this age, and purpose in your heart to be filled with the fullness of God, oh, glory to God, you'll hit a saturation point in your life. And that's when things will start to happen. Amen. I wrote this down in my notes. Don't go until you're full. Don't do unless you're led. And so tonight what we want to look at in a little bit in depth is we want to look at this inward witness that we've looked at in in Romans 8.16. Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now here's a principle I want you to see. In 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter... And we'll look at verse 1. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And he says this. He says, this is the third time I'm coming to you. He came to him two times before. And then he says, but in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. This is true where the Word of God is concerned, is it not? This is true where healing is concerned. There is more than one witness that healing is yours today in the Bible. You could think of several scriptures about it. 
Matthew 8, 17. He took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses. 1 Peter 2, 24. By his stripes you were healed. Isaiah 53. He was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, you are healed and you are made whole. That establishes it in my heart. So we know this then, that that is true where the word of God is concerned. We must not ever build a doctrine on half a verse. Is that right? You know, you students are aware of this. You are aware of this tonight as well. In 2 Timothy, the second chapter, the 15th verse says this. Study to show thyself approved. Unto who? Unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, if you can rightly divide the word of truth, you can wrongly divide it. And so we need to make sure then that we're not building doctrines on just one verse or a half a verse. We need to have a multitude of witnesses. And this also applies to being led by the Spirit of God. I do not believe that we should make major decisions based on one witness. Now in Romans 8.16, I want you to look at that again because you're going to see the principle of a co-witness. A co-witness. Romans 8.16 says, But the Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit. Who does the Holy Spirit bear witness with? Our Our spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. And He lives inside of your spirit. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. And so we understand then that you can have a co-witness between you and the Holy Ghost. Now let's use this for an example. Pastor Tom, for example, is a man of the Spirit. Suppose he stands up and says, you know, I've got something working in my heart. And then Caleb stands up and says, you know what? I've got the same thing. Well, that's two of them, isn't it? That's a co-witness. Or perhaps, you know, Caleb and Eric are walking down Hesperian Boulevard in the middle of the day, and uh, a, a car comes along and rear-ends another car in front of them. And Caleb saw it, and Eric saw it, and the police came along, and Caleb said, well, it happened just like this. I saw it. I'm a witness to it. And then Eric said, yep, that's exactly what happened. See, that's a co-witness. That's two of them. And so a witness then is someone who saw something or heard something or knows something. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit does in us. He bears witness with our spirit. He is in your spirit. There's someone in you besides you. Amen. Someone on the inside. Working on the outside. Hallelujah. Someone on the inside, bearing witness on the inside. Woo, glory to God. Giving me direction, bringing glorious things happening in my life, your life, in your ministry. And the future is bright, says the Lord. Amen. Acts chapter 5. We're going to see this. We'll work with this a little bit tonight. Acts 5.29. It says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. You see, they were told not to speak, not to preach anymore in whatever way, fashion, or form in that name, the name of Jesus. They were afraid of that name. They knew 
that Jesus rose from the dead. And they were trying to keep it on the down low. And they said, don't you dare speak or preach at all anymore in that name. Verse 30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you show, slew, and hanged on a tree. Him is God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things, and so also is the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Do you see the principle there of the co-witness? Your spirit has a witness. The Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. So the question then is how then can we know if he agrees with us? How can we know whether or not he's bearing witness with our spirit? How do we know that? Well, we need to look to him. And we need to look on the inside and we need to check our heart. You know what I mean about checking your heart? In other words, just don't go moving quickly through life. Check your heart. Ask him to lead you. Ask him to guide you. Acknowledge him in all your ways, in all of your decisions, in all of your travel ways, in all of your investment ways, in all your relationship ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths and he will bear witness with your spirit and everything going to be all right. Amen. So look to him. He knows things we don't. Is that right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the what? The heart of man or the, the spirit of man. Remember in one of our lessons, in one of our classes, we discovered that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a physical body. Paul verifies that when he spoke to the church at Thessalonica. And he said, may the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So say it with me strong. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a physical body. So Paul, addressing the church at Corinth, says, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. How many of you love him? How many of you students watching this class, how many of you love him? Will know this, that he is the great planner and he's got great things prepared for you, for your ministry, for your life. He is a great, great God and he's got good things in store for you. Amen. But we're not going to be able to pick that up in the natural realm. We've got to pick that up supernaturally by the Spirit himself who lives on the inside of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That's key there. Now, verse 10 says this, but God, but God. I'm glad that verse didn't just stop there. The context says, but God. In other words, God's doing some things. But God 
has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. We could say it this way, but God is revealing these things that He has prepared for us by the Holy Ghost. Verse 10, for the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, He searched all things. Yes, even the deep things of God. Amen. I believe God wants to take us all deeper. Every one of us. Moving on. Moving in. And moving up in the things and in the plan of God. Amen. Now notice with me in verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even thing, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. <laughs> Are you ready to shout a little bit? Yes. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, thank God. Because we have not received the Spirit of this world, we should not act like the world. We should not live like the world. We should not talk like the world. Amen. Because the greater one's in you. And he's greater than anything that's going on in your world and in this world around us. Amen. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, thank God, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know. That we might know. That you might know. That every one of us might know what we need to know. There are things we need to know. And those things that we need to know are not hidden from us. The things that we need to know are hidden for us. They're yours for the taking. They're yours for the praying. They're yours for the receiving. Amen. But the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Oh, thank you, Lord. What a God we serve. What a mighty God. So we want to pay attention to this witness. We want to pay attention to this word know and knowing. You know, after all, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 said this, But you have an unction. What is that word unction? Don't let that word unction throw you. That word unction is anointing. anointing. You have an anointing. You have the anointed one, and you have the anointed, his anointing living on the inside of you. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know. <laughs> and you know. And you know all that you need to know. So let's say that together, class. And tonight, let's say it together real strong. I have. I have an anointing. I have an unction from the Holy One. And I know what I need to know. Amen that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, we have an unction that we might know. The things of God are spiritually discerned. They're not emotionally discerned. They're not physically discerned. They are spiritually discerned. So as you're look to, looking to identify the witness in your life and in your race and in your course of life, in identifying the witness of the Spirit, look for the knowing. Look for the knowing. You just know that you know that you know that you know way down in your knower. 
Amen? So then we shouldn't then be seeking voices, should we? Technically, the witness of the Spirit is not a voice. Now, God can speak to us in various ways and dreams and visions and through prophecy. So we do not minimize that. We thank God for that. But I believe what the Word of God maximizes for you and I who are in Christ is this wonderful experience of being led by the Holy Ghost and this inward witness on a daily basis. Amen? You know, the inward witness is not necessarily spectacular. There are some spectacular things that can happen. And thank God for the spectacular. Thank God for angelic visitations. We're open to them, right? And thank God for dreams and visions, wonderful, glorious things. That's great. Thank God for for words of prophecy that are accurate and line up with the Word of God and what you have in your spirit. But one thing that you can count on every day of your life is to be led by the inward witness on the inside of you. Amen? Amen? Now, how many of you remember Luke, the writer Luke? Luke was, wasn't he a doctor? I believe he was. You scriptorians probably know better than I do. But he was a very intelligent person. And I want you to know, uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse 3, he was speaking to Theophilus, and he said something that I think is important for us to see. He says, it seemed good to me. In other words, he had a knowing on the inside of him about something. Something just seemed good. Having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. Let me ask you a question. Was Luke inspired? Was he led to write that gospel? Absolutely. Luke didn't necessarily hear an audible voice. He didn't necessarily see an angel. No, it just seemed good. It seemed good on the inside of him. And what is that seeming good? It's that knowing. It is the witness of the Spirit. Where is this knowing? It's in your heart. For the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Amen? Now we're going to look at a few verses that are fairly extensive right now. So how many of you can hang with me? We're going to look at Acts chapter 15 and we're going to rehearse this seem good, knowing, and something wonderful that happened as a result of someone who obeyed the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You know, good things happen when you obey. And Acts chapter 15, verse 28, we'll begin there. It says, For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to them in their hearts. To lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication, for which you keep yourselves, you shall do well, fare ye well. So, when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch. Everyone say they came to Antioch. And when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered this epistle, which when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, they exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. And after they had tarried there a space, I don't know how long a space is, but it's a while, 
They tarried there for a while. They were let go in peace from the brethren under the apostles. Notwithstanding, here's what I want you to see. Notwithstanding, it pleased Silas to abide there still. What do you suppose caused Silas to abide there? The Bible said he was pleased. I believe that Silas had peace not to move. I believe that Silas was led by the Spirit to abide there for a few days. To abide. Amen. He wasn't released yet. So he stayed a while. Verse 35. Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brothers in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark, no relation here, but thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them, they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas. And Paul chose Silas, who just happened to be there. No, who was led to stay there. He was led to remain there. Don't leave your post until God releases you. Don't move unless the Holy Spirit is moving you. Amen. And Paul chose Silas and departed being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. So we see this principle. He was led to abide in Antioch. And look what happened. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord did for Silas. Silas was in the right place at the right time. I asked you tonight, does it pay rich dividends to be in the right place at the right time? And you can be in the right place at the right time if you follow what you have on the inside. Follow your seamer. Follow the knower, the knowing on the inside of you. The results for Silas, it was promotion. If you follow the Holy Spirit, for you, it could be protection. We have some very good friends, Tony and Patsy Caminetti, who have literally had three major Rhema Bible schools, one in Italy, another one in Singapore, and now in Brisbane, Australia. Wonderful couple. Now, when they were a little bit younger and their girls were younger, they were living in Singapore, and they had been saving up for a trip around the Christmas time over there. And they'd saved up their money, and they were getting all excited. They were going to be going to Indonesia at a really nice resort place, a really nice place to vacation. But two days prior to them leaving, Tony got a real big check in his spirit. And when we say check in your spirit, check in your spirit is like a stop. It's like a no. It's something's not right. Something's not right. I don't know what it is in my head, but I know something's not right down here in my heart. And so Tony 
went to Patsy and said, Patsy, I've just got this tremendous check in my spirit. We just can not go. And of course, she was disappointed and her two young girls were disappointed. And this was back in 2004. It's when that tsunami came through in Indonesia, killing more than 230,000 people across 14 countries. It began at 7.59 a.m. local time on December 26, 2004, with a 9.1 magnitude quake struck off the mountain northern tip of Sumatra in Indonesia. They'd have been right in the center of that. Aren't you glad for the Holy Ghost? Someone say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. He saved their lives. He saved their ministry. Countless, countless amounts of people have been impacted by that ministry in Papua New Guinea and all over the world. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is no respecter of person. If He saved them, He'll save you. No, it may not be a tsunami, but it could be a car accident. It could be an investment. It could be getting into a bad relationship. How many of you know He's your Redeemer? He rescues, He saves, and He's giving you the Spirit of God on the inside of you to help you live, praise God, live long and live strong. Well, it just seems like, you know, I ought to stay in the home for another 15 minutes before I get in the car. Before I leave the house, it just seems like I ought to follow your knower. Folks, students don't take the leadings of the Lord lightly. Amen. Amen. Silas was promoted. God wants to promote you. On your job. In your relationships. Who you should be connected with. Thank God for the leadership of the Holy Ghost. No, it's not always spectacular, but it is supernatural. So how then can we make good decisions? Follow the Holy Ghost. You've got, like Mark Brzee says, you have the guide inside. You've got a compass on the inside of you. Say with me, I have a guide living on the inside. Glory to God. The Word of God will guide you. The Spirit of God will guide you. Follow what you have here. Now I want to talk to you in closing today about being rain-trained. Not R-A-I-N, but I want to talk to you about being rain-trained. That's R-E-I-N. Rain-trained. And to do that, I want to share with you a few scriptures. In Psalm 16 and verse 7, he said, I will bless the Lord. Whoo, man, I want to bless him tonight. He's blessed me so much, I want to bless him. How about you students? Has he blessed you? Well, I think we ought to all just raise up our hands and bless the Lord. Because he's blessed us so much. Glory to God. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. 
You're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed coming in, and blessed going out. I just had to get that in there. I will. He had his will involved in it, PT. I will. I'm going to bless the Lord. Who has given and is giving me counsel. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep waters. And a man of understanding will draw it out. Who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. Now the NIV said where it says my reins basically says my heart or my spirit. Another translation says, my inmost self instructs me. Does that line up with Romans 8? 14 through 16? Certainly it does. He says, my reins instruct me in the night seasons. How many of you know nighttime is time we should be quiet? And wait on God. And rest in Him. Are there any resters in the house? Faith is a rest. No, not I've got one nerve left and you're on it. No, you're not like that when you wait on God. So you'll find that the Spirit of the Lord will speak to you and witness some things to you oftentimes when you first wake up in the morning. Why? Because your soul, your mind is quiet. You can quiet yourself. The best way that I knew, know to do that is turn the devices off. Turn the television off. And put some praise on. And put some word on. And just behold Him and worship Him. Amen. Now Psalm 26.2. Keep working with this. He said, Psalm 26.2. Examine me, O Lord. And prove me. And try my reins. And... My heart, examine me, O Lord, prove me, and try my reins, my heart. So a rein, then, is like a steering mechanism for a horse. When a horse is rein-trained, a horse does not need a bit. A horse does not to be forced when it's rein-trained. Now, I'm not liking you to a mule tonight. Or a horse. But we shouldn't have to be forced. The Holy Spirit will not force us. He will not make us do anything. Now Psalm 32 verse 8 and 9. You guys listen so good. He said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that you should go. Say this to me. You are instructing me. And you are teaching me. In the way that I shall go. Don't you just love this? I will guide you with my eye. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on your behalf. His eyes on you. He's going to guide you. He's going to teach us as we remain teachable. As we do not get puffed up with pride. But as we remain meek. And as we remain humble. And as we remain teachable. He will teach us. 
and he will open unto us the secrets of his covenant. Thank you, Lord. Verse 9. Be not ye as the horse or as the mule. See where I got that from? Which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Another translation says, they won't come unless you make them come. We do not want to have this attitude. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll just have to see a burning bush before I do that. The burning bush was for Moses, not you. We're not led by burning bushes. We're led by the Holy Ghost, who is fire himself. No, no, no. Not that kind of an attitude. No. We should not, as spirit-filled Christian, require bits. But we should be rain-trained. Rain-trained. Like power steering on a horse. When a horse is rain-trained, they just have a leather strap there. And they just lay it on the horse's neck. And just a slight movement. And the horse responds. How about you and I being responders? That's you. That's me. Just a slight impression. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I will respond quickly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That still, small voice. The witness of the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you so much for what we've learned today and what we've learned tonight. We honor you. We love you. We praise you. We give you the glory. Now, next time we're together, we're going to look at the ingredients of the Spirit-led life, which is obedience and yielding and holiness and all sorts of ingredients that are so vital for us to be led by the Holy Ghost. God bless you, students. We love you. We'll see you next time. Let's all stand to our feet and make a confession. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray a little bit, why don't we? Amen. Ha ha. Bracasona maniana. Elebrocama ni celebrende. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I declare over my life and over the life of this church, we're spirit-filled. We're spirit-led. Hallelujah. We're walking in the very goodness of God. We're walking in the fullness of God. We shall walk in the plan of God. We shall see the goodness of God and the glory of God, not only in our lives, but in the life of this church and in this Bay Area. And so we call upon you for the reins of the Spirit, Lord. We call upon the head of the church for an outpouring of grace and outpouring of your glory. Glory to God. Remember what I said a little bit earlier, stir up the gift. Rekindle the embers. Amen. You know, we need one another, don't we? We need one another.
I've been in services where I felt like I was, you know, attending a service. I felt like I was living in dry hay. But I got around a person that was more fired up than I was that day. More filled with the Holy Ghost than I was that day. And what's on them got on me. Glory to God. And I left the building a new man. I left the building a new person. We need one another. We need the prayers of one another. We need the faith of one another. We need the love of one another. We need to lock shields with one another. And believe God for one another. For God is doing some good and glorious things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Halal. Lift up your hands. Halal. Halal. I sing hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. You good? All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, God is good to us. I said the Lord is good to us. He's working in us. He's working for us. He's working through us. No more dry, dead services in this place. Hallelujah. We know where to go. We know where to go to get tanked up, to get filled up before we come. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, let him come unto me and drink. Let him come unto me and partake. Let him come unto me and drink in of the Spirit. For as you drink in of the Spirit, so shall the water flow freely in this place. Amen. If there's no water, there's nothing but a dead service. But oh, on the other hand, if there's the water of the Holy Ghost, if there's drunks filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, if there's a shout in the house, if there's joy in the house, woo, glory to God, it will strengthen us and encourage us and bless us in Jesus' name. Well, I'm glad I came tonight. Praise the Lord.